3: Yama and welcome to NITV Radio. Coming up in your program this Wednesday, January 18, we explore the devastating effects of recent floods in WA that have left people in a situation best described as flood refugees. We also look at efforts by WA authorities to alleviate the situation. As you hear in the program, also while many are rallying support for those affected by the floods, scammers are cycling, trying to take advantage of the flood victims. And on a lighter note, we have a conversation with the Wari Tirol bass guitarist of the group IZ ahead of their appearance at the Stonington Sunset Sounds on January twenty-two. You'll hear in our conversation why IZ are described as perhaps far north Queensland's first neo soul export. All these stories and more coming to you on NITV Radio after the latest news. Bertrand Tungandami here. I am Bertrand Tungandame.
0: Australia Day 1972
4: saw the first Aboriginal embassy erected outside Parliament. The up. native title legislation must be amended
5: and they've walked this land so many
2: times before anybody came.
0: I am sorry.
3: This bulletin Prime Minister Antonio Albanese rules out changing the constitution in case of a vote against Indigenous Voice to Parliament. Australia joins a new training program to help train Ukrainian soldiers. And climate campaigner Greta Thunberg detained at a protest in Germany. Mr. Antony Albanese has assured voters that no constitutional change will be implemented if a referendum result goes against an Indigenous voice to Parliament. The referendum is being held later this year with the draft question, do you support an alteration to the constitution to establish an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice? Mr Albanese has told Sydney radio station 2GB that if Australians say no and the referendum is lost, there will be no change to the constitution.
4: It's just asking for a voice. We have, tried, we have tried doing what is best with the best of intentions for 120 years. For Indigenous Australians, we have massive gaps in education outcomes, in life expectancy, in infant mortality, in health outcomes.
3: Opposition leader Peter Dutton has urged the Albanese government to be more specific about what it means to vote for a voice in Parliament. It comes after Prime Minister Tony Albanese repeatedly urged Australians to vote for a First Nations voice to be established in Parliament, but Mr Dutton insists that Mr Albanese owes Australians further details of how the voice to Parliament will operate before they vote.
0: Every Australian wants there to be a closing of the gap, an improvement in health outcomes, In all the indicators that have gone backwards uh, in recent years, there is enormous goodwill within the Australian public to make sure that we address the concerns of Indigenous Australians. But if the Prime Minister wants a model which is enshrined in the Constitution, which is a very big deal in our country, then he needs to explain the detail.
3: Australia's Defence Personnel Minister has officially unveiled plans for Operation Kudu to support the United Kingdom in training Ukrainian troops. It's been uh, almost a year since Russia invaded Ukraine and Australia has been one of the nations supporting Ukrainians and their military efforts. The UK programme will work towards training up to 20,000 Ukrainian soldiers this year and while no Australian troops will enter Ukraine, they will assist in the training. Mr Matt Keogh says the Australians involved will help improve Ukraine's skills in the fight against Russia to bring the conflict to an end.
0: We know that you, as members of our Australian Defence Force, are the most important capability that we have. And so, you being able to assist those that are fighting for Ukraine, their most important capability, to be able to fight better.
3: Fire crews are warning that two decades after the devastating fires in Canberra, there is still a lack of equipment and trucks to deal with emergencies. Tonight, a ceremony will be held at the Bushfire Memorial in the Stromlo Forest Park to mark the 20th anniversary. During those devastating fires in January 2003, four people died and more than 400 others were injured. But there are still concerns about limited recruitment of firefighters since. Authorities have begun returning bodies from the Nepalese plane disaster to families of the victims after all 72 people on board were killed. An Australian teacher, Myron William Love, was amongst the passengers who lost their lives when the aircraft leaving Kathmandu crashed on the weekend. The deaths are part of a deadly trend in Nepal which has experienced a series of air disasters in recent years due to difficult terrain and weather. Households and businesses may not experience relief in their power bills straight away based on advice from the ACCC. The head of the Consumer Watchdog says that a temporary price cap on wholesale coal and gas will help to control costs. The federal government's intervention in the energy market will help to prevent higher increases than what was estimated in the budget. Climate activist Greta Thunberg has been released after she took part in a coal mine protest in Germany and was briefly detained. Campaigners at the Open Coast Coal Mine argue Germany should not be mining any more lignite or brown coal and focus on renewable energy. The Swedish activist was part of a group of protesters and police carried her away after she attempted to jump into the coal mine.
4: The fact that all of you are here is a sign of hope. This is only a part of a much larger global climate movement, a movement for climate and social justice, and racial justice.
3: The Royal Australian College of General Practitioners, RACGP, is calling for stricter rules on nicotine vaping products, saying that it is critical to protect all Australians. The body is requesting more robust border controls, tighter regulation of products, a crackdown on flavours and packaging, as well as restricting NVP supply to three-month prescription. Our ACGP President Nicole Higgins says vaping products sold as non-nicotine products do contain the substance the substance, and this is a concern for GPs.
6: Nicotine in vaping products is there to help somebody stop smoking, and that is via a prescription through the GP. But now what we're having is vaping products being made, you know, fairly mainstream and accessible to our kids, and some of those do contain nicotine. We also know that those, uh, the packaging often doesn't say what's in it, and the chemicals can be very dangerous.
3: Turkey's foreign minister has criticised Swedish prosecutors for their decision not to launch an inquiry into the hanging of an effigy in Stockholm representing the Turkish leader. Last week, during a protest outside City Hall, there was the hanging of an effigy depicting Turkey's president Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Turkey, a NATO member, has been holding off in approving Sweden's application to join the military alliance until it cracks down on groups considered security threats. Minister Mevlut Cavusoglu says Sweden's lack of action is absurd because everyone knows the supremacy of law. Well.
4: This was a racist incident which consists of hate crimes. Therefore, it's also against universal law and is a crime under international law. If Sweden thinks it is stringing us along with these word games, I'd like to say they're kidding themselves.
3: Tennis champion Ash Barty has returned to Melbourne Park to launch Fast Nations Day with sporting legend Yvonne Gulagongkoli. The 26-year-old and former world number one won last year's Australian Open and then retired from professional tennis shortly after. Barty, who is an Aboriginal woman, says she's excited to be back on court again and to be working with children.
2: We can really celebrate being united as one, uh, coming together as family and and doing something special that's, um, you know, out here on court. These are the memories that you never forget. Uh, You know, these are the experiences Mm. that that make a lifetime and certainly nice to be here.
3: And residents from Mackay are preparing to clean up flood damage after days of heavy rain in Queensland this week. The Mackay Regional Council's Mayor, Greg Williamson, says the weather has been improving since this morning. But about 50 roads are still flooded, including the highway to the north, but it should reopen this afternoon. And to sport in tennis, Australian hopeful Alex D'Amino achieved a smooth victory at his home Grand Slam against Taiwanese Yu-Shu on Tuesday night. He's the only seeded loco left at the Australian Open and won easily in three sets at John Kane Arena heading into round two of the tournament. The 23-year-old shared his positive message during his on-court interview
4: with Channel 9. I'm just happy to be here in Australia, playing here in front of you guys. There's no better feeling. I mean, it it doesn't matter who I play, I'm going to be up for it. And you guys just bring the energy, I'll be ready. So thank you guys.
3: disrupted play this week, forcing organisers to schedule earlier incomplete matches on day three of the Australian Open. Now having a look at the weather around the country: Broome a mostly cloudy day, thirty degrees. Perth sunny, thirty-two. Adelaide cloudy, twenty-four. Melbourne showers clearing, twenty-three. Hobart a shower or two, twenty-three. Albury-Wodonga cloudy, twenty-three. Canberra a shower or two and a possible storm, thirty-one degrees. Wollongong sunny, twenty-nine. Sydney similar conditions with thirty degrees. Newcastle sunny, thirty-two. Brisbane partly cloudy, twenty-nine. Townsville cloudy, twenty-six. Cairns a Hours and a possible storm, 31, early spring, sunny, 33, Darwin, much the same, 32 degrees, and the Twisted Islands, mostly cloudy day, the top of 28 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.
6: NITV Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1pm or anytime online.
3: I'm Bertrand Tungandami and you're listening to NITV Radio coming to you from Nam on the Kulin Nation. Coming up next, homeless, stranded and at risk of scammers. Flood refugees in Broome are struggling to get by.
2: Your community,
6: your conversation. NITV Radio.
3: As you heard in our introduction, people have been turned into refugees following the devastating floods that wreaked havoc in the West Kimberley in WA. NITV's Guy McLean brought this situation to our attention in a series of conversations with many of these refugees. One of them is Gwenda Cox, who left her home in Yeyili community before Christmas, but now, because of unprecedented flooding, she's sleeping on the streets of Broome. Miss Cork says she has no family in the area and because she wasn't evacuated, there's no chance of a safer place to stay.
0: But how long have you been in town and, um, and how are you living at the moment in Broome?
5: I came here for Christmas and then I got stranded here from this flood, wanted to go back home to Ely, but Ely and Ringisoka soon as this flood started well can't get a accommodation anyway you know no family around here they were all crowded that's why we're sleeping rough and you know the government can help us too for get back home.
0: And um, what's it like sleeping rough because the, the, the weather is coming in a lot isn't it? What's it, what's it been like for you guys?
5: Uh, blanket clothes all damp all wet you know and it's really hard for us um, yeah. to go back. You know, we want to go back to a home where we got a house and everything, but they're telling us to go back on maybe seven seven weeks or six weeks. Depends, you know. We're just waiting for answer.
0: And you're struggling to get information? Yep. Can you tell us about that?
5: Yeah, we're struggling. Like, we went there to the um, uh, Salvation Army, they gave us a voucher card for food and also for get back home. And they told us to wait for six week, uh, six week or seven week and can't wait any longer because more rain coming.
0: And do you feel like um like you've been left out and that that, that people who were evacuated are being being treated differently to you guys? Yeah. Can you Explain that to me.
5: Yeah, they all got accommodation, and while us here living in the street like are homeless sir. and like not fair you know we want to get the same treatment as well
0: but nothing
5: that happened
0: thanks very much for your time Gwenda really appreciate it yeah, thank
3: was uh, Gwenda Cox talking to NITV's Guy McLean. And while exploring the plight of uh, flood refugees in Rome, Guy also took the opportunity to see what is being done to alleviate the catastrophic consequences of the floods. He spoke to the Western Australian Minister for Emergency Services, as well as a local member for the region.
0: Minister, can you tell us um, what you're here for today and and what you're hoping to see and and how how things are developing? Sure.
4: Uh, Look, obviously what we've had in the Kimberley over the past couple of weeks has been unprecedented. We've seen more rainfall than ever before, and this is the worst flood that we've experienced in Western Australia. So I, myself and Davina, have been on the ground Back and forward across to Fitzroy probably four or five times in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've really gone over today to check out some of those communities that haven't been visited yet, places like Bayulu, um, over the other side of the river, just to check how those people are going in those communities, um, what other assistance they've got. We've made sure that food supply and medicine supply has been restocked uh, over the last week or so, but really we're just sitting down with residents today um, to hear from them. We've got weeks and months of work ahead of us to get communities back to where they were beforehand uh, but we're keen to, to listen to local communities and find out from them exactly what they need.
0: As these flood waters recede the, um, the true is being revealed is,
4: is the devastation worse than expected? Well look certainly the weather was worse than expected and the devastation as a result of it is worse than expected. 411 rapid damage assessments have, have been um, undertaken across the Fitzroy and across the Kimberley uh, over the last kind of week or so. There are significant numbers of houses damaged some of those are and uh, damaged irretrievably and so we'll have to work with local residents and other government agencies and non-government agencies in fact to, to work out where um, we house people in the short term and, and how we get communities uh, rebuilt again.
0: There's a lot of people that still haven't had any chance to go home and, and see what's, see what's left. How long until, until they can get home and have a look?
4: Well, look, so some communities have started to go back home now, so places like Mullerjah and Pandanus Park have gone back the last few days. We now know there are about 15 communities that were unscathed, and so the Department of Communities and DFERS will work in with, with local leaderships to get people back to those communities um, where it's safe to do so. But we'll also work with others who, whose communities have been affected to, to give them an opportunity to visit, to see the damage, and uh, so they can understand you know, what lies ahead. Um, the Aboriginal Affairs Minister. And uh, Education. A-
0: and Education. How's things looking for, for school this year out, out in this region? Because obviously um, you know, it's important to get kids back to school and back to some sort of normal- normality. Well, I've just had a detailed briefing by DFES, and I've got to congratulate DFES as the lead agency in, in this um, very difficult time. Uh, so far, it seems that there hasn't been much structural damage to the schools, which is really heartening. Uh, the big challenge now is to ensure that we give the teachers and students. Uh, there on day one, DFES working with education communities and and across other government agencies are doing their best to ensure that we have the appropriate uh, transport uh, facilities to ensure that the uh, staff and uh, and the students can be there at uh, day one. If not, education is working in other ways that instructions can be given to the students. And just over to Davina now as a local local member um, and an Aboriginal woman from the Kimberleys, how how are you finding the response from people out, out there? How are they doing?
2: I think in the last few days, especially this week, from when the event happened to um, today, when they can really see some progress going forward and and, uh, coming down from that real emotional crisis mode into the people... At the time of impact, you know, gathered together, there was a real level of resilience not only in Fitzroy but the surrounding communities and Derby as well, and you could see it in Broome as well, where everyone wanted to support. Um, and now things are starting to uh, have flow and effects on the ground where people can see the change. They're, they're moving forward, thinking into recovery phase. Um, there is still a bit of anxiety as there are some things still yet to be determined, but um, I think the support from one another and some of the services that are going in is really making, starting to make a difference.
0: And now the East Kimberley, um, you're obviously very familiar with the difficulties that they're having over there. H- how are those people coping? I understand that prices are going up and, and life's getting a little bit more difficult with all the freight, uh, all the extra kilometres that freight has to t- travel to get there.
2: Uh, yes, there's some concern. Obviously, uh, the, the Ground Zero impact was Fitzroy and one of the major damage was the road which obviously affects the whole of the Kimberley, including industry uh, um, and all the uh, businesses, produce, getting food up there, tourism. Um, So there was a bit of nervousness and anxiety in the east as well because obviously the focus was on the immediate impact, but the flow-on effects for food security and stuff. We we do recognise that food Food has gone up there via the trucks. It is a long way, but unfortunately that's just the way it has to be at the moment.
0: Are people generally scared about the next, two, next couple of years, what, are the, what it could look like?
2: Look, it's going to be a slow process. I think as it goes on and we really understand what the time frames are in regards to recovery and how we fix the roads and how it impacts us, people will generally. everyone is scared until they have information and certainty.
3: Post were produced by NITV's Guy McLean. And now we continue our coverage of the aftermath of devastating floods in Western Australia. Well, while many are rallying support for those affected by the floods, scammers are cycling, trying to take advantage of the plight of the victims. Well, in a conversation with NITV's Guy McLean, Western Australian Commissioner for Consumer Protection Trish Blake has issued a warning for scammers attempting to steal food relief payments from victims.
6: You're with NITV Radio.
3: NITV
4: Radio share our stories on Facebook.
6: We are starting to see those reports come in and that's what is really concerning for consumer protection. We kind of knew they would come out because they always come out when there's a tragedy of some kind because this is when it's very easy for them to uh, get access to people. People are are very distressed about what's happened to them and they're not thinking as clearly and that's when there's heightened emotion and they can get in there and um, take advantage of the situation.
4: And what types of uh, threats are we seeing at this time?
6: What we're seeing at the moment is a couple of different types of scams. So in one community we're seeing... Emails or social, um, social media messages coming direct to young people and saying, I'm a rich person and I want to help you. Give me your bank account so I can deposit some money into it. Fortunately, the young people that they're targeting don't have bank accounts so far, so that hasn't really worked too well. But the other one that we're seeing that is quite concerning is a social media post by an organisation called Australian Flood Agency, They are direct messaging into social media posts and asking victims of the flood to contact them Um, and then when you do contact them, they'll ask you for your bank account details saying that they will deposit money into your account. That is not what they're going to do. They are going to steal from you once they've got your bank account.
0: What's your advice to people who are
6: receiving these? If you get an, an unsolicited text message or social media post or a call and when I say unsolicited I mean somebody is just cold calling you someone you don't know just delete it just ignore it the people who are genuinely going to give you flood assistance are government agencies and they will not reach out to you that way if someone is asking you for your bank account online or over the phone please do not give it to them because they are not there to help you they are there to steal from you
1: I know you put out the warning last week. Is, is this a threat that you see occur when natural
3: disasters
6: happen like this? Whenever there is a natural disaster, so we've seen it with the, the bushfires, so the Wurrulu fires and, the, and and previous years' fires before that, um, and we've seen it again with the floods on the eastern seaboard. Like I say, when, when you have natural disasters like this and tragedies where people lose everything, that is ripe Fertile ground for the scammers to come in and they can hook people in, and within a very short period of time, they take even more, and that's the devastating part. On the
1: uh, disaster relief payments specifically, do you have any uh, advice
0: for
6: people? Yeah, if you're eligible for a disaster relief payment. Go to the people on the ground. So go to your community resource centre or the local emergency centres that will be setting up in your community. They are the people you can trust. And if you're not sure, talk to somebody that you know in your local community and ask them who you can approach. Do not trust anything that comes via social media. Do not trust anything that comes via text. And do not trust those unsolicited emails. And whatever you do, do not click on any links.
0: And just finally,
4: if someone has um, done the, the wrong thing by, by mistake, what's your advice to
6: them? If you've given your bank account details to one of these scammers, get in touch with your bank straight away because they are the, your first line of protection to stop anyone taking money out. Because what these scammers are going to do is wait until those flood relief payments do come into your bank account and then they will steal them. So get in touch with your bank straight away and they will help protect your account then contact us at Scamnet or Consumer Protection and your local community resource centre can help you do that and then we'll guide you through other things you might need to do in order to help protect your identification and your bank account.
4: You're with NITV Radio.
3: And that was uh, Trish Blake, uh, Western Australian Commissioner for Consumer Protection, talking to NITV's Guy McLean. We must now go to our break, and when we come back, we have a conversation with uh, Wari Tirol, bass guitarist of the group IT. A conversation recorded ahead of their appearance at Stonington Sunset Sounds on Sunday, January 22.
6: Join the conversation on radio, online, and mobile. You're with NITV Radio.
3: Donnington Sunset Sounds promises to serve a stellar lineup of music royalty. And I'm happy to say one of the anticipated performers at the event, Warrigo Tirol of uh, the group IZ, has just joined us on NITV Radio for a yarn to talk about him, his group, and what to expect from them when they hit the stage at Central Park Malvern on January 22. Welcome to TV Radio, Where you go Thanks for having me. We're happy to have you for the first time in our studios, and uh, I'll ask you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us about you and uh, the group, Izzy.
1: Yeah, I play, I play the bass in the band, and uh, I'm actually studying at the moment um, on top of gigging, with these boys and um maru is doing the same thing studying and playing gigs and um yeah and rio he's just working at a music shop yeah and, yeah, yeah and gigging as well and yeah we all come together every now and then for a barbecue and and yeah just keep that connection you know keep that connection strong and use you know use that beautiful energy and While we play,
3: <laughs> and the beauty of your band is that you all come from diverse backgrounds. Mm, mm,
1: yeah, so I've got um, Aboriginal and Modi blood in me, yeah. and um, Maru Chilean, and um, Ryotaro is Japanese. So yeah, we're all we're all pretty beautiful people (laughs) (laughs) come from beautiful places and you bring all
3: your cultural and other musical influences together to create your music
1: yeah Yeah. we all grew up listening to similar stuff like but the main the main one was like instrumentals um rio and i have listened to the same instrumental like the shadows yeah it's beautiful that we have that to carry with us into our music and and Maru listened to a lot of, you know, like he grew up on a lot of um, Latin music and and all that. So,
3: Coming back to your appearance at The stunning Ton Sunset Sounds, what should one expect from you on the day and uh, what songs will you be performing?
1: Yeah, so Izzy will be uh, on stage on 6 at, at the dot um, and, yeah, finishing at 6.40. I see here you'll be performing with the Bamboos. Yeah, bamboos and bamboos just the bamboos. At, uh, <laughs> stunning
3: tons of sunset it sounds. It's said that you're a band that never uses electronics or other digital, I would say, gimmicks in your music. Uh, why that choice?
1: I think, yeah, we all... I feel like it all has to do with what we've grown up listening to. Like, um, for me, for instance, I grew up listening to a lot of country and instrumental like the shadows and um a lot of black follow music too like colored stone they're all they're they don't use any electronics or things like that and i just love i love that simplicity and same with the other fellas uh maroon and rio we've all grown up listening to just basic instruments no like no electronic nonsense (laughs) so it's, it's yeah we we have that love for for that sound so
3: so you bring together black music uh, That's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah you said the colored stone is one of the groups that uh, you think would oh, be man. one of uh, the inspirational groups you follow
1: absolutely there's so many black follow black follow bands that were deeply inspired by and but also also the living legends so many living legends, too.
3: You're described as uh, Queensland's first neo soul uh, exporter uh, with uh, your fellow bandmates. Tell us about uh, how you can be described as a neo soul <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
1: man, I have. We. So the first, first time we moved to Cairns, I uh, mean, moved to Melbourne, sorry. Um, yeah, we ended up signing with Hope Street Records and yeah I think our sound kind of grew um yeah prior to that prior to signing to that record label, and yeah it just kept growing and growing, and we kind of experimented different different sounds and different approaches to writing, and that description <laughs> really fits well with um yeah what we play and 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 all that yeah Beside? I honestly don't
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just researching your group and then I just found that uh, description uh, on one of uh, actually a, your record labels. <laughs> uh, yeah, description of uh, who you are, what you do. Yeah. You're originally from far north Queensland. What made you move to Melbourne? Of course, I'd like to keep you here. But uh, what made you move uh, to Nam? You know, we're all Cairns grown and
1: bread (laughs) yeah (laughs) and yeah we played a lot of shows up there but it just got to a point where we would have to constantly kind of host our own shows and I don't know it just got a bit like we want to do more so uh yeah we decided to make the move down to Melbourne we've been we've been to Melbourne many times um before living here just for just gigs for, and so on Yeah, yeah, just checking out um, And now you call like, Melbourne home out gigs and all that And just getting all that inspiration And yeah, we just thought Melbourne would be perfect spot to, to yeah Hibernate mm. and do things
3: AIDS is also a group made of uh, young people from diverse backgrounds Would you sing in different languages that you're all, uh, you know, from your different backgrounds?
1: No, not really, not really Like totally. I'm yet actually yet to learn my own language and same with same with Rio, um and the other fellas, but yeah, just mostly the Good old boring English Not boring English (laughs) But you convey your
3: message That's the most important Through music And uh, also the lyrics That uh, you serve up You and uh, members uh, Of uh, the group IZ have also been uh, Linked to The Montgomery Brothers Is it the same group Actually that has Moved into uh, IZ A new iteration Of uh, the Montgomery Brothers Mm. Is it the same group Or No it's the uh, same
1: group Yeah Um but I think when we, as soon as we signed with Hope Street, we wanted to um, change it to Izzy, because one of the band members, Rio, that's the, actually the name of, the nickname of his grandmother. And she had such a strong, rock-solid, like, relationship with all of us, really. And, yeah, we just, I think we just wanted to carry that, uh, I don't know, that power in her name and yeah izi feels right feels solid so uh,
3: drawing inspiration from uh, a strong female figure
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah,
3: Still around to influence you guys, or...?
1: No, not, not anymore, okay. unfortunately, but... um, That's a homage to our... But at the same time,
3: yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Still yeah, yeah. Still there. Yeah. <laughs> and what's to be expected on uh, the 22nd of uh, January at Stonington's uh, Sunset? Uh, what will you be treating us to?
1: Yeah, um, honestly, we just got back from home, <laughs> 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 uh, like, a couple of days ago. Um, so, yeah, we haven't rehearsed anything yet, or... But I guess, yeah, we'll play a bunch of songs from the album, um Irene, and maybe maybe some new ones we've We have been sitting in the studio um late last year and working on some new stuff, so who knows maybe we'll yeah you'll uh, uh, surprise. We'll, uh, surprise, <laughs> surprise surprise
3: surprise surprise <laughs> us with some uh, new creations uh, of yeah. uh, yours. Your music, they say you draw from, um, you know, you grow up uh, with influences from Praise to D'Angelo to Mm -hmm. Alabama Shakes and so on. But I believe as a young group, you'd be trying to carve your own uh, path different from all these uh, other, I would say, not classic, but just uh, household names. You want to carve your own path.
1: Yeah, 100. Yeah, well, as I was was saying, we're back in the studio um, pretty soon and... Yeah, last the very, very last session we had was actually um, pretty refreshing because it's so so different to the last album we released. And I think it's cool. I think it's going to be cool because it's new to all of us, all of us boys. And um, yeah, I think it's heading into a different kind of direction. So yeah, yeah we're, I don't know, keen to see what sound comes to us.
3: Now, before I let you go, Wario, I'll open the mic to you for our parting word.
1: Yeah, I guess first things first. Come to Sunset Sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, a couple of other Izzy shows coming up. I can't even think of any at the moment on the top of my head. But <laughs> projects gigs that are upcoming, maybe? Yeah, I've got a few of my own project, uh, project gigs under my name, Wario. Uh, that's coming up on the 22nd this month, actually, at the Gas Amido Hotel. I'll be supporting brother Jay Jerome. He's from Tasmania.
3: And on the same day as the geek at to Pinion. Yeah, actually.
1: Wow. So I'll have to leave straight after Sunset Sounds and, and get there and play pretty much as soon as I rock up. <laughs> and problem. then I have another one at NGV Friday nights. Um, that'll be at 8 p.m
3: which uh because uh, we've got an H- NGV gallery just downstairs from our studios there's a smaller uh, mm-hmm. a- and Porta Centre and then uh, the main uh, nah it'll be the main
1: one yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a lot of other um IZ shows coming up we got one we're playing Festival 23 as IZ and with another cat called uh, Osin Lade yeah he's a beautiful house DJ that's yeah that's just worked with us a lot and yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah yeah. that'll be a good one that's on the uh 29th i believe 28 29th of this month so.
3: of this month of january january yeah, yeah. yeah
1: and then we have a we have a residency coming up in february every thursdays with different lineup <laughs> each thursday and so that should be special
3: residence wire
1: <laughs> at the evelyn hotel 351 brunswick street fitzroy 3065
3: Thank you very much for joining us on NITV Radio for a yarn about hey, your upcoming you
6: <laughs> NITV Radio, on radio, online and mobile.
3: And uh, that's all for this Wednesday afternoon. Tungandami here. I am Bertrand Tungandami. As always, thanking you for your company today. Till next time, bye for now. Yalu.